What's up, everybody? My name is Drew Davis, and I want to welcome you to Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast out there that will improve your vision the longer you listen. And in today's episode, I want to talk about the investor mindset. Yeah, it's a whole mentality, a whole state of mind, a whole way of thinking. And I consider myself an investor now, but it wasn't always like this. Because to begin with, before I even had the opportunity to begin investing, I had to invest. And now that may sound a little bit funny on the surface, but one of the things that was a little bit shocking to me was before you could go invest in anything, there was someone that I had to invest in, right? I had to invest in me. And that was an important piece of the puzzle that I wasn't aware of when I first was introduced to the world of investing because I really didn't have the investor mindset when I first got started in investing. And so I want to tell you a little bit more about uh, how I've come to the position that I'm in right now. But first, I'm going to take you back, give you some backstory of how that all started. Now, one of the funny things I'll share with you real fast is that uh, to even use the phrase or the term investor uh, was something that I thought that you had to uh, graduate to, that you had to have, you know, X amount of dollars in the bank uh, to even use such a word, right? Um, that you had to attain a certain level of success one of the things I want to share very quickly is that the investor mindset is really a decision, right? It's a moment in time, something that can happen and be activated in a flash, and you now can adopt that mindset. Now, it takes some time to actually train it. It needs to be educated. There has to be actions taken to really um, bring this thing into maturity. But what I want to start with saying right now is that uh, you know what you look to maybe aspire to become one day isn't really where you always start. I say that partially because when I look at my background, as I share with you, kind of traditional, I got a college education, um, corporate America is part of my backstory, and uh, nothing wrong with that, right? Go to school, get good grades, get a good job. That's part of the plan for many of us uh, as we're raised and we're coming up through the ranks. And uh, what I think I found was that I really didn't know anything about investing. I wasn't born an investor. Uh, that wasn't like a, a big lingo uh, term uh, when I was coming up as a youth. So to uh, get to corporate America and finally be making a few coins, sometimes I would just ask other people out there, hey, you know, what should I invest in, right? And Or what should I do for, for financial success? And uh, the overarching common theme was basically, you know, max out your 401k, put as much into it as you can afford uh, out of your check. And then by the time you're 65, you're going to retire a millionaire. Yeah, a millionaire. And so listening to that uh, buzzword that had a nice ring to it, you know, I was young and that, um, like I said, that had a nice sound to it, right? <laughs> Just keep saving the whole time and all of a sudden, bam, pop out and you're ready to go right around retirement age. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. But to, to be honest with you, I had some learning lessons along the way. And uh, based on my, my age group, um, I had a chance to see what it was like personally to uh, have you know a, a bucket of assets uh, go from one value to about half that value in a record time, right? Um, so at the time you're watching this, you maybe heard stories about the Great Recession, you know, in the like 2008 uh, time frame, right? And uh, it was interesting for me because I thought, wow, my little my little nest egg that I've been you know dutifully uh, plugging away at saving and building was all of a sudden. Uh, heavily reduced, right? So as, as much as a shock as that was, um, you know, everyone around was like, hey, don't worry, stay the course, right? Um, and by this time, I was a, uh, by this time I was a homeowner, right? I'd purchased my first home, so felt like I was doing all the right things. Uh, so 
it was quite interesting when all of a sudden my nest egg was about half value. Uh, my first residence <laughs> had, had depleted its value uh, quite a bit. And I was kind of scratching my head thinking about um, some of the things that I had invested in from the standpoint of uh, ideas, concepts, like, am I not doing all the right things? Uh, why is it that I have this feeling uh, or this sensation as though I'm really kind of taking one to the, to the tummy here and really getting kicked in the gut? And so, um, you know, granted, the same wind blows on us all, so it wasn't uh, anything I felt I could necessarily do about the situation outside of weathering uh, the storm. And while that was just kind of what it was at the time, um, it always kind of nagged me as unfortunate because, um, you know, granted, like I just said, same wind blows on us all. Uh, it's not like, you know, everything for everyone was going, you know, through the mud as far as uh, their lifestyle and uh, what they were able to do with their, their investments, right? I didn't know that um, there were ways people could pivot. There were ways people could have alternate investments. There were ways that people could just basically educate themselves about how to protect um, from some of the onslaught of any storm uh, that comes. You know, markets go up, markets go down, markets go sideways, right? There's a lot of different change that happens in that regard. But, you know, sitting there and thinking it from the standpoint of like, what can I do about this if I'm in this situation? Is there any way I can empower myself to uh, kind of rise above this, you know, tough scenario financially? And um, so eventually what I found was that, interestingly enough, I was introduced to uh, the world of investing uh, around this same time as luck would have it because uh, the season of change was upon us and I found myself seeking. And what do seekers do? seekers find. And so uh, what I'd like to tell you now uh, is a little bit about how that transition came from me actually looking uh, at the shift from how I was doing things to how I could go into doing things uh, if I made a couple of changes in my mindset. One of the things I find most intriguing about the journey I had into investing uh, was one where it really kind of took me by surprise that the way this happens uh, it comes from frustration, right? That's the drive. And so it's like in life, there's either inspiration or desperation that really drives uh, true change and with the decisions that we make. So in my situation, I was frustrated, right? Uh, there was a scenario where economically things weren't all bueno. And uh, I was young and I had aspirations of, of growing my career and all of a sudden, uh, the tables are turned. It's like, you're lucky just to have a job, right? Don't be expecting, you know, big raises, big promotions. Uh, your, your, your assets and investments are, are in the toilet, right? Uh, your house is down in value. Your, your 401k is down in value. And I was, I was angry, actually. I was, I was pretty ticked off. And I was thinking, man, I've been plugging away for some time now. And uh, all of these, you know, the savings and, and things that I didn't really have much to show for it. And I'm trying to look ahead and see the greater later, but I didn't have, mind you, that investment mindset. So uh, when my first business opportunity came my way, because I was looking to say, how can I, you know, make some money on the side? Is there anything else I can do, you know, part time around my work schedule that might be beneficial to me? And so uh, when I was first introduced into the idea of like a home based business as an example, that was pretty intriguing. Uh, but what I quickly learned was that uh, I, had, I had thought processes around business uh, that were um, rooted in false beliefs, right? Um, do you ever hear the idea that because someone owns a business, you just assume their business is successful if they've got a business or if they've got a brick and mortar and the sign says open, they're making money, right? Things have got to be 
all good. And if they're not, then the, then the place is closed down. Uh, but there's a whole lot of in between the two of those uh, that you've actually got to look at as far as uh, business ownership. And so that was one of the things I realized quickly was the world of the entrepreneur, the world of the business owner uh, is quite different uh, from the world of the employee where you're working for uh, a big corporation. And a lot of the things that I'd kind of taken for granted that were laid out on the table, um, once you venture into the world of the full-time entrepreneur, they're not necessarily there. Um, so as I started to get a chance to peek over the wall, uh, I quickly was intrigued by like, wow, you know, how do you operate without all of these comforts, all these securities? I'd ask, you know, there's you know, very successful individuals. And a lot of the feedback was that um, really security and freedom kind of live on opposite ends of the spectrum. And that was intriguing to me because I thought, well, yeah, I'd, I'd like my safe, secure job. I'd, I'd like to stay over here, but looks like you've got great things going on over there. And some of the freedom of the entrepreneur, uh, the freedom of the business owner. And they say, yeah, exactly. But you know, what I don't have is that cushy landing necessarily if I don't run my business the right way um, that, that you might enjoy over there. So there's trade-offs. And I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty... Uh, is pretty compelling, you know, to get a shift in um, a glimpse at what a shift in mindset looks like and how they view those things, right? Almost uh, the, the phrase free as a bird comes to mind. Um, the bird's got to go figure out when, <laughs> when it rains, uh, what to do to stay dry or, or whatever it is to, to eat, right? Uh, and find their own food versus, um, you know, a pet that might be domestic and have um, somebody cleaning up after them, feeding them on a certain time schedule. They're just totally different. They're just totally different. But that the domesticated animal might, might not be able to leave the cage, leave the yard, etc. Uh, so looking at that, I said, wow, that's, that's pretty fascinating. But that's so different than what I know. That's when I started to realize there was a, a difference in, in thinking, a difference in mindset. And so it was almost like the, the, the real investor, so to speak, the real investor mindset was a totally different mindset. And so that's where I recognize, okay, my uh, thought processes, while you know, maybe A-OK -okay in one universe, might not serve me the same in another universe. And so there came the challenge where I had to look at making investments in myself and investments in the way uh, that I look at the world, learning how to see better effectively, for lack of a better phrase. I think that's probably the best phrase uh, to coin to explain it. And once I started to get committed into uh, making an investment in the best real estate on earth, right, the real estate between our two ears, that was when I started to recognize shifts in my experiences uh, that I was having as not just a business owner, but a person as it affected my relationships, my health, and the whole world around me, really. And as I began to grow as a person, the opportunities began to grow around me. They began to grow in size. Uh, they began to grow in what was interesting and what had seemed to be previously beyond my reach was all of a sudden a lot more attainable, right? And all of a sudden, I found myself getting access to you know, education in uh, real estate investing specifically that really lit my eyes up because I saw a vehicle that I thought, for whatever reason, that you had to already have a whole, whole lot of money before you could even participate, right? You had to, it was like reserved for the folks that already were uh, well-to-do and rich. And I, at this time, was pretty young thinking, huh, I could actually participate in this arena? Yes, uh, but there's admission fee. <laughs> It's like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, just like college, but a lot different. And so for me, this was a shift because in the world I came up in, the only way you actually paid for any education was to go through formal processes, a state school or university, right? Or a private school, if we're talking, you know, for, for undergraduates or, you know, before you get to college. Uh, so the idea of make making a significant investment in, in education and coaching, um, 
was still a shift, even though I had started to adopt the idea of, okay, I've got to invest in me, and there's a cost to that, and there's time no different than, uh, than the focus it takes to eat right or get fit or to maintain either of those if you're already in that um, <laughs> desirous position. But now you say, okay, to go to the next level, invest in it, uh, a new vehicle of sorts, a new vehicle that has a lot of promise, but also brought questions. Is this something that can actually work for me? Or is it just something that's good for everybody else out there? Uh, and so there were lots of questions about saying, okay, if I actually commit to a path of saying, I'm gonna invest in real estate education, that's kind of a big deal. A, because uh, the, the price tag is, is separating the, the, the tire kickers from the serious. So that's one item to be aware of. And two, making sure you kind of uh, begin with some of the end in mind, right? Where do you see this, this journey taking you? Can it take you to that, that promised land that you're looking for or some alternate version of that promised land that's also desirable and worth the price that you're going to pay, right? Not just physically, but in the efforts that you're going to have to make and, and your time as well as your effort, not just your money. So that gave a lot for me to think about and really consider. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for this. And even though I might feel like my knees are knocking, uh, I'm going to still do it while my knees are knocking and keep moving forward. And that's what um, I think really made the difference. You know, high cost translated into high commitment. So even though there were a lot of early errors and, and stumbles, um, that was able to be one of those instances uh, where we were actually able to fail forward, just like, just like the title of the book, right? Um, so that's where it really became interesting uh, as I moved into accidental rentals uh, and, and looking at how can we use this vehicle of real estate investing and really looking at investing in general as a way to uh, create some of those freedoms that I was just talking about a little bit earlier. Because while the security was nice, you know, you turn on the TV and all you could hear about was layoffs. And when you talk to coworkers, you're hearing about the next round of layoffs. And at some point you're thinking, should I have some preparation going on in my world for, you know, this cataclysmic event? And that's what, that's what got the, the stimulation and the actions to get to uh, looking for and learning about something new. So yes, going all in, making the investment in uh, the high ticket education and coaching uh, ended up being well worth it long run. Um, I'll share that now, spoiler alert, but early on, ouch, a lot of oopsies out there trying to take massive imperfect action, really not following the right frameworks like I've talked about uh, for success, especially with managing rental properties to start with, where you literally had accidental rentals. Um, so that was a tricky thing learning early on. But even though uh, there were experiences that would frustrate and agitate, um, because I'd made some of those early investments in my mindset as a person, as an individual, as someone of solid character, what I found is that all began to transition into more fascination, more like, wow, I can't, I can't believe this is happening. Great, this gives me an opportunity to look at things differently. I can reframe certain tricky scenarios and say, okay, this is great information uh, to educate me about how to handle a certain situation uh, with, a, with a person, with a property, right? with a process that might be taking place in uh, my business that I can address differently because of the results uh, that it's giving me. And that all kind of led to that whole philosophy of, um, I don't even know who coined the phrase, it's like either I win or I learn. And I'm like, yeah, I like that because 
Um, I'm not looking at these errors um, as losses, but they're opportunities to kind of say, hey, this is feedback, right? Um, you know, what can you learn about um, tenant screening as an example uh, and seeing if someone's qualified to rent the property if you're having a situation where one of your first experiences as a landlord is you're not getting paid, <laughs> you're getting stiffed on your rent, right? How could that have been avoided as opposed to be like that person, that person, and be so focused on blame, right, and frustrated? I could be fascinated to say, wow, you know, what did I do to create this? How could I have prevented this scenario? What processes need to be put in place to attract the right and repel the wrong? And that whole reframe was very powerful. And that, granted, it took some time, but the ability to look at these scenarios differently were what made all the difference. Either I win or I learn. It applies to business. I really think it applies to, to all things in life, right? Um, I could go from business, I could switch it to personal. I could say, okay, either I, I, I make money or I learn about my business processes, as an example. Um, either I you know, find love in my relationships, or I learn a lot about myself in the process of those attempts, right? Where am I striking out? Um, either I actually try or attempt something new, or I learn that there are fears or false beliefs or roadblocks in my mind holding me back from action, right? All of that can be very telling. And what's funny about that is there's a quote I heard from one of my mentors. Uh, goes by the name of Dan Kennedy. You might have heard of him. And he has this quote. He said, show me someone who is a good loser, and I'll show you someone who's a loser a lot. And I was like, ouch. You know, if, 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 you're, if you're hearing that coming directly out, you'd be thinking, huh, that's another way to look at it, right? Um, so the idea isn't to become necessarily comfortable with losing. And that actually had me thinking uh, if there's a way to look at all of this differently, how do, you, how do you actually challenge that and say, is there a way I can spin this in a positive reframe? So if I was to use this quote to challenge you know, my philosophy of saying either I win or I learn, that could be just really a twist on either I win or I lose. And so one might throw a stone and say, well then is learning losing? Interesting question, right? And I would say no, not if you're acting on what you're learning. There is definitely a benefit of massive imperfect action as long as you got you know a good direction, <laughs> you know with the with the, with the action that you're taking that might be massive and imperfect. You're going to make some sort of of progress, and that's that's something that uh, I believe in wholeheartedly. But see, it's a couple of things to make sure you're aware of about learning. Though uh, learning kind of falls into two buckets, whether you want to call it uh, as far as the action or the 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 thing you're doing, the learning. It's either it's either passive or it's active. Uh, or you could say it's either direct or it's indirect. And so I'll give you an example. All right, I want to learn about something new. Uh, I want to learn about how to do a push-up. I could go on the internet and look for a book. I could look for a lot of books about how to do a push-up. Order one, it shows up, read the book. You're more knowledgeable now about doing a push-up. So the argument there is that you're empowered. But if we were to do a strength test, um, as a result of you reading that book, um, granted you might have a little bit better form or technique that might get an extra quarter rep, right? When you can do 1.4 push-ups instead of 1.1, I don't know. But the idea being that's a whole lot different than uh, the direct activity, uh, the active version of that learning and getting down and attempting to do a push-up. Okay, wow, I, I was able to do it. Great. Now try to do another one. Okay, I got that. Try to do another one. Okay, now your body's learning. Right? It's learning its limits. It's going through a process where that action is creating a real result that's tangible. And so it's not to knock 
you know, learning in the form of reading, but just to recognize there's a difference if we're reading, we're listening, we're watching something. Um, actually reminds me of one time a, a buddy of mine, he said, yeah, man, I'm going to go and get in shape. So I'm going to grab my P90X DVDs. This was a little while back. And I'm going to sit down on the couch with a bag of chips and watch my P90X DVDs so I can think about working out and get motivated to get in shape. And so after a nice hearty laugh, we all kind of recognize that's an example of how he's learning. He's ingesting good information about physical fitness. That wasn't going to get him an iota of fitness um, unless it was actually converted into action. So being, being direct with those learning activities, getting out there and lacing the shoes up and trying to hit the treadmill or hit the, you know, go for that walk and go and do the thing, go and do the push up, the squat, the pull up, attempt the action, right? Make the call reach out, uh, knock on the door, say hello, not just learn about how to say hello and introduce yourself, actually try and uh, to do something. That's where the learning really begins to take place and have traction. So if we got that out of the way, you know, the next question might come up as far as like, all right, well then learning, is it even okay? You know, all right, it's not losing, but is it still a good thing? Because if I'm not winning, am I in this in-between phase? And I say it's definitely it's definitely one of those things where it's okay. Why? Because you have to be, you have to start somewhere. Everyone's got to start somewhere. You don't want to necessarily despise small beginnings because it's a process of evolution. And everyone that's had greatness had a period of time where they were working their way up towards that level. Everyone knows the, the, the story of Michael Jordan not making the basketball team once upon a time early in his career. Looking back, <laughs> he probably doesn't even remember that anymore. He's been so good so long, right? Uh, so just one of those examples of what the results of your learning can be and the fact that it's okay and that it's, it's really a requirement uh, to being able to make progress and development. So I think it's definitely okay in that regard. And as long as you're moving forward uh, and focused on the right things, taking action with that learning, then you actually get to see the benefits of it. Another thing about learning is it, is it really is a lifelong process. Um, one of the things I learned early on when I was uh, doing some of my undergraduate studies in engineering is uh, they taught us a lot about systems. And they taught us that uh, in engineering, in that field, it's like you're constantly learning and really looking at the world as you're, you're learning for your whole life. Uh, you're constantly learning about how to, to solve problems, figure out things, how the world works, etc. So when I realized that seemed to make sense for the field that I was looking to venture in, recognizing that if you view the world that way, that you're always trying to grow, that you're always trying to uh, uh, level up and continue learning and continue to improve yourself. It's like, hmm, if everyone kind of thought that way, wouldn't the world be a better place, perhaps? So uh, that's one of the things that I'd say stuck with me quite a bit through the years and uh, plays a big role in how I look at learning as a lifelong process. And I think we can all do a better job of actually trying to learn to love learning. Doesn't that sound ironic? You know, learn to love learning, uh, learn to love getting fit, learning to love uh, being a nicer person, uh, learning to love uh, be a better spouse or a parent, uh, learning to uh, lear love learning how to see better, as an example, and to continue leveling up and really getting the most out of uh, this experience we call life. So to bring this all together, the investor mindset is one that really thinks with the big picture in mind. Uh, it has a pretty good idea or knows all or most of what it, what it wants, and it's willing to make the investments in time, effort, uh, even money, uh, to be able to bridge that gap, right? To identify the gap and bridge the gap to get from uh, where it is to where it wants to go, 
right? And so that's where I was saying initially that the investor mindset, it's a decision. We can choose to adopt the mindset of the investor, one that's going to invest in themselves, the one that's going to invest in uh, taking action in pursuit of their goals, one that's going to invest in being a better uh, business owner, a better parent, uh, a better family member, the list goes on. But that mindset is something that can be adopted immediately and then be used to propel you forward in those areas of life that you're looking to level up. The investor mindset intends to go to distance and make good on its plans. In conclusion, we're all investors, right? And what I've found, there's really two types of investors out there. Uh, the ones that don't invest in their mindset and the ones that do. So the question is, which one are you? Once again, this is your host, Drew Davis. Learn how to see better. It's the only podcast that'll improve your vision the longer you listen. I hope you find it in your benefit to adopt an investor mindset, whether it's with your health, your wealth, or your relationships. Take action. Start a new day, a new week, a new month, or start off a new year right. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.